0: Hey guys, this is Danny, the lead pastor at Swerve Church, and I'm so thankful that you're tuning in to the podcast today. I hope that the message that you're about to listen to will be extremely encouraging and uplifting, and honestly, I pray and hope that it's challenging to you as well. I want to invite you to join us Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Or I want to invite you to join us live online on Sundays at 11 a.m. on our Facebook or YouTube page. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that you are by today's message. Today we have a real treat. It's a special standalone message that I look forward to every single year. Here's the deal. It's Super Bowl Sunday and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not into football. Uh, Maybe that's you too. Maybe you're not that into football and you aren't even planning on watching the big game. Uh, But here's, here's the thing. Regardless of whether or not you're into the sport, there's something completely unrelated that tends to get all the attention regardless. You see, millions of eyeballs are glued to the screen for the game, and advertisers absolutely know this. So they spend literally millions of dollars to take advantage of the fact that so many people are watching. So what we end up with is some of the wackiest, funniest, and heartstring-tugging commercials ever. Their goal is to ultimately get you To purchase a product or a service. Their goal is to get you to think that their brand is the best brand in the world. And so they'll get the best actors, the best script writers, and directors to do these outlandish commercials. At Swerve, we said, what if we could see beyond the themes of these commercials and seek some deeper meaning? You see, as followers of Christ, we have a gospel worldview. We see things and experience things through the lens of the gospel. And you got to know this, Jesus is in the business of redemption. So what if we could redeem these commercials and connect spiritual and biblical truths to them? That's exactly what we're trying to do with 30 Second Theology. And besides, let's face it, this is just fun. And some of you have been in some boring churches where it's like a sin to like smile and laugh. And I don't want to be in a boring church. I think church can and should be fun. So let's have some fun today. So some of these commercials are funny, some of them are more serious in tone, but I pray that we can draw something from each one that we watch today. So are you ready? I've invited Hunter to help me with some of these commercials, so we're gonna be tag teaming this one together, okay? So here's our first commercial.
1: I feel bad for kicking your seat on purpose. I'm sorry for mansplaining. That's when a man- I know what it is. We should have just told you it's a boy. (coughs) I wish you didn't have to hear all that. Sorry, I called you Karen. That's my name. Sorry, your name is Karen. I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? (gasps) Okay, it might happen one more time. I think my favorite one is when she says, sorry, your name is Karen, and her name was actually Karen. Uh, Anyway, so this is a really lighthearted commercial that is all about apologies and using M&Ms to make those apologies a little easier. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it extremely difficult sometimes to apologize, especially when I don't think that I'm wrong. So the big idea we get from this commercial is, since God has forgiven us, we can forgive others. Now, uh, I have three younger sisters, for those who don't know me, and I remember as a kid, I would do this or that, and and my sisters would tattletale on me, uh, for no good reason, actually. Uh, Anyway, I would have said something mean or maybe push my sister down, whatever it was, and and my mom would then take both me and my sister uh, and set us down and say, Hunter, apologize to Grace. You know, and of course, I was furious, and so I would, as unapologetic as I could, say, sorry. Well, then my mom would actually take this a step further, way beyond what I was willing to be a part of, And she would say, now say two nice things to her. What? Not only do I have to apologize, but I have to write her a poem or something now? I would be so mad that i normally had two go-tos for this kind of demand. I would say, I like your shirt and you have pretty hair. That was basically the only things I said. That was my uh, nice things. But man, it was so difficult for me to just say sorry. And as we grow into adulthood, I'm not sure it gets easier. Why? Well, I think it's because there's this not so little thing in each of our hearts called sin. Uh, But God's answer to this is grace. In Jesus, we have the ultimate forgiveness that God gives us. And so as we're thinking about forgiveness, I find this verse in Colossians to be extremely insightful and wise. It says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one another has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive, Colossians 3.12. So it's in our nature as humans to hold grudges, right? To bottle bitterness in our hearts, to slander others. But when we come to a realization of how greatly we have been forgiven, this should move us to understand grace in a totally new light. What is grace? Grace is getting something we don't deserve. It's a free gift. The attributes in this verse that um, we see, they're qualities of someone who is a forgiving person. This is what it says, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. In other words, when we aren't practicing humility, when we are impatient, when we are harsh, it will be impossible for us to dish out and practice true forgiveness. Maybe you're like, no, I'm good. You know, I have my peace. I made my peace with this person, and I'm not holding a grudge. Well, the other side of this is that Jesus actually speaks to this. He says, actually, if your brother or sister has something against you, you have to go make that right before you bring me your prayers. That's what he says. So yes, if you have something against someone, forgive them because you were forgiven. But also, if someone has something against you, seek them out. Reconcile. Why, do we, why, why does Jesus want us to do this? Because our God sought us out and made things right with us when we sinned against him. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. So the road of forgiveness is a messy one but it's a road of healing and love, and it's the one that Jesus walked for us. Mrs. Long? Yes? We have found a baby girl for your adoption, but there's some things you need to know. She's in Siberia, and she was born with a rare condition. Her legs will need to be amputated. I know this is difficult to hear. Her life, it won't be easy.
0: Mrs. Long? It might not be easy, but it'll be amazing. I can't wait to meet her. We believe there is hope and strength in all of us. Toyota, proud partner of Team USA. Here's what I think we can get from this commercial. The road less traveled is difficult, but it's worth it. Did you guys catch this line in the commercial? It might not be easy, but it will be amazing. I love that line because too often in life, we're tempted to look for shortcuts. We're always looking for the easy way out. This even affects the decisions that we make. Like, you know, which job can I do that is the least amount of work, but that can give me the most amount of money? Or we apply this thinking to our relationships. You know, I'll stick around the people that are the least amount of maintenance, but you know, those relationships that take work and that we need to practice things like forgiveness and patience and understanding, man, we just cut those relationships out of our lives. I mean, it's even how we eat. We don't want to take our time to cook a whole meal and roast and bake and stew. Nah, you know, let me get one of them five-minute meals, right? Let me me microwave this real quick. Give me the one-minute rice, right? Let me get this over with real fast. Well, the commercial is about Jessica Long, who's an American swimmer, but she was actually born to teen parents in Russia, and her mom gave her up for adoption because she was unable to care for her needs. You see, she was born with a deformity in both of her legs. So she's adopted by a family in Maryland who chose to love her and raise her despite having to have both legs amputated. When her adoptive parents were presented with an option for the easy way out, they chose to adopt her anyway, saying it might not be easy, but it will be worth it. For Jessica, as she was growing up, this led to a really hard road, including multiple surgeries. She grew up in the faith and began to wrestle with questions. Questions like, why would God allow me to be born this way? Why do I have to suffer this way? Along the way, she developed a passion for swimming and she began competing. She got so good that she was actually able to compete in the Paralympics in Athens, Greece. And while she was there, she was able to win her first gold medal at, get this, the age of 12. She went on. Uh, in her career to receive 23 Paralympic medals, three ESPY awards, and was named the world's best female athlete by Sports Illustrated. And it boiled down to a decision both for her and for her adoptive parents. Do we take the easy way out or the road less traveled? Here's the thing. When it comes to our faith, the Bible talks about two paths as well. It talks about the easy way and the road less traveled. Jesus described it this way. He said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. You see, there's a path that is large. That road is broad. It has no bumps. It's the easy way. And Jesus says that most people are on it. But at the end of that path, Jesus says, it ultimately leads to destruction it's the easy way out. It's the path of least resistance. And you guys need to know this, that many of your friends are on that path. Many of your neighbors, many of your family are on that path. But at the end, uh, though it's such an easy road, it leads to destruction. And Then Jesus describes a more difficult road. That road is narrow. There's bumps in it. There's potholes and twists and turns. There's really no easy way around it. But at the end of that path, it ultimately leads to, to life, eternity, and salvation. Unfortunately, there's few people on this road. Most people want the path of least resistance, not the road less traveled. But the road less traveled is worth it because it's the road that leads to life. And that road can only be found in Christ. And what you need to know today is that there are many people, not just strangers, but people that you actually know that are on the wrong path. What are you going to do about it? By the way, that's, that's why we're called Swerve Church. The definition of swerve is an abrupt change in direction. And this is exactly what we, want, what we want to see happen in the lives of the people in our community. So what road are you on? Are you on the road of lead resistance or are you on the road less travel? Broad and easy is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow and challenging is the path that leads to life in Christ. Which road are you going to choose?
2: It's only when I finally stepped into the pitch did I understand the importance of having teammates, people who will win with you, or even lose with you, but still encourage you to keep pushing, keep going, keep pushing, like a young soldier on a mission, looking for an army that hopefully share my vision. But regardless, one foot in front of the other, it never gets easier. If it did, would it still feel worth it? That's the wave. That's the desire to change. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us winners. That's what makes it worth it. That's the wave. The first step in every thousand miles is the hardest. The first minute of the 10,000 hours tests you the most. But I won't give up. Cause I'm that tiny drop of inspiration. The match that could spark the fire in the tiny eyes of little candles that come after me. Even when others say I'm destined to lose. So I refuse to get stuck in the cycle. So
1: this commercial really paints the picture that being on a journey with others is always better than going it alone. To believe that we don't need others or that we don't need any help is very prideful of us and to believe that others don't need us is selfish of us. So the main idea that that we can pull from this commercial is, and you can write this down, we all need help on the Christian journey. The Christian walk was not designed to be a lonely journey. And you you guys know this, in a world that is broken, where there's hurt, pain, loss, and isolation, we we need each other. The writer of Hebrews knew this, and they knew the power of running together versus running this Christian race alone. Um, And so they put it like this, and it'll be on the screen, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. So in this verse, we see this call on on us individually for the collective. Individually for the collective. How are we instructed to live together? First, we should be stirring up each other to love and good works. This is important because it reveals that we're not just warm bodies filling seats, but fellow saints that have purpose for each other and the world around us. We have a purpose. We're after something. This passage also instructs that to be able to encourage each other and stir one another up, we have to be with one another. And we've seen the negative effects of this during the pandemic, haven't we? When we were isolated and separated and unable to meet together, it made church incredibly, incredibly difficult. And so as for as much as technology is a blessing, right? There's no way we could truthfully say that being together online is as enriching, encouraging, and fulfilling as being together in person is. There just isn't a substitute. So the guy in the commercial, he says at one point, I found the importance of having teammates who will win with you or lose with you, but encourage you to keep pushing on. So for us as Christians, like, I would change it to say something like this. We must find the importance in having teammates who will cry with us, who will laugh with us, who will grieve with us. will celebrate with us on this journey. You see, we shouldn't be hanging out here on earth, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for Jesus to come back, right? We have a mission. We have a purpose. We're after a goal. And like the character in this commercial, he was after something. Paul says this in Philippians that he presses on toward the goal to reach the end of his race. And Jesus said, go ye therefore and make disciples. I know we don't use the word ye uh, anymore unless you're Kanye West, ye. Uh, but that's plural. Uh, It's KJV. It means all y'all, everybody, right? I need my brothers and sisters to help me press on in this race. My brothers and sisters need me. So remember, as we're on this journey to stir one another up to holiness, to good works and love, encourage each other and do not neglect to meet together in person as this verse says. This is the call and this is the walk of Christian community.
0: Can we even afford this house? I'm pretty sure we can. Pretty sure. With Rocket Mortgage, you can be certain. Not pretty sure. What's the difference? Let me show you. I'm pretty sure these aren't poisonous.
2: Pretty sure these are parachutes. Mine has a sandwich. That's mine. I'm pretty sure you do not run. I'm pretty sure you could take Batista down. You're on.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is trending. I'm pretty sure these hornets aren't the murdering type. I'm pretty sure we can make it.
1: Certain is better. Let's go with certain. Good choice. When you're buying a home, pretty sure isn't sure enough. When you need to be certain about how much home you can afford, rocket
0: can. Hi, neighbor. I'll hold the dog. Not again. Here's what I think we can get from this last commercial. And that is that we can be confident in our salvation because of Christ. There's a huge gap between I'm pretty sure and I'm certain. I don't know about you, but for me personally, there's many times in my life when I lean a lot more towards pretty sure. I lack confidence a lot of times. I lack confidence in my ability to lead a church. I lack confidence in my ability to father my children. I lack confidence as a husband. I lack confidence as a friend. How many of you guys can relate to that struggle? That struggle of pretty sure versus I'm confident is a relevant struggle. How many of you have been pretty sure you had to make a right instead of make a left and that pretty sure got you pretty lost? Or how many of you were pretty sure that you aced that that test or that you aced that job interview. But when you got the results or that email, you were pretty wrong. Well, some of us apply that lack of confidence even into our salvation. And maybe you've asked yourself, how can I truly know that God has saved me? There's no way that God could be so gracious and so loving to me. I'm such a screw up or, or there's no way that God could love me. You know, I've had many conversations with people who reach this crisis in their life. Uh, Maybe you even came in today to church online with this lack of confidence. You know, I'm pretty sure God loves me, but I have this sliver of unbelief. I have this sliver of doubt. If this is you, I want to help build your confidence. Because you see, we can be confident in our salvation. We can be confident of God's love. And here's why. You can be confident in who you are in Christ and in your salvation because neither of these things are dependent on you. If it were dependent on you, then you'd have all the reason in the world to lack confidence because you could never be good enough. You will never be religious enough. You will never be able to withhold an amount of sin to earn God's favor or salvation. Your salvation is not dependent on you it is dependent on Christ. It's dependent on God's love for you. And because it is, you can go from pretty sure to I'm certain. Jesus said it this way, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. My dad, he he used to have a certain whistle. If he ever needed to grab our attention or if he had to call us from across the street or find them in a crowd, he would just whistle and we would recognize it. We knew it was his whistle, so we started looking for him and, and follow the sound. Where's that? Well, here's what Jesus says. He says, my sheep, in other words, those who have put their faith in Christ, They hear his voice, and they recognize it, and they begin following him. So who does Jesus say your eternity is dependent on? It's dependent on Christ. And because it's dependent on him, you will never perish. It's his promise. But then he goes on to say these powerful words. I don't even know if you caught it, or if you even recognize the sheer magnitude and weightiness of what he said. He says, no one will snatch them out of my hands. It's not because no one or no thing will not try not to, but because no one and no thing can. And why is that? Jesus says it is because of the Father. God has given us to Jesus and God is greater and absolutely no one can snatch you and me from the Father once he's got you into his hands. Some of you think God's got a weak grip, like he needs that grip exercise thingy, but that's not what Jesus says. Once he's got a hold on you, no one, no thing can snatch you away. So you can move from pretty sure to pretty confident. And you can have this confidence if you put your faith in Jesus. What did Jesus do? How did he grasp onto you so tightly? The Bible says that our sinfulness and our waywardness separated us from God. Our sinfulness has caused a broken relationship between us and God. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus Jesus came and lived the perfect and sinless life, the life that you or I are incapable of living. And then Jesus was led to the cross where he died in order to pay the penalty for our sin. But he didn't remain in the tomb. Jesus conquered the grave and because in his victory, we has, he has granted us forgiveness of sin and new life. And the Bible says that we are a new creation. And to experience this, what do you need to do? Work harder, pray more, read the Bible more, be more religious, None of that. It's simply to put your faith in Jesus. And if you haven't done so, you have the opportunity to do so right now. Let's pray. Lord, we recognize that this Christian walk, it's not an easy path, but we know that it is the one that is worth it. And so God, I just pray that you would help us to walk this path and to follow you. Lord, I pray that we may dedicate our lives, Lord, in order to help those um, Father, who are not on the right path, that are on the path that leads to destruction, would you help us to cause an abrupt change in direction in their lives and to put them onto the path that leads to life in Christ. And God, right now, Lord, I, I know there are people that maybe they lack confidence, Lord. They're pretty sure, but they're not quite sure. Or they lack that confidence, Lord. And so I just pray, God, that you would give, in, give us an overwhelming sense of confidence Lord, not in our ability, not in what we can do, but what you have done. May we have a confidence in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, who died for our sin, who gives us new life. Lord, will we put our trust in you and would you help us. Those that are struggling, would you build their faith? God, would you give them confidence today? Or would you help them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message want to take a second to invite you to join us in person we're gathering this sunday at 11 a.m at the swerve hub 239 stanhope street right here in Bushwick, brooklyn Uh, and come on over join us come to the swerve hub let's worship together let's get together let's worship god together let's learn and grow together let's fellowship together why don't you come on out and join us in person this sunday